Welcome to the Effective Church Leaders Podcast, where we offer practical advice and insights to help you get better equipped, lead more effectively, and help your church thrive. I'm your host, Carrie Holton. In today's podcast, we have a special treat in store. You know, in previous podcasts, we've talked about the fact that churches, while they are not businesses, can learn and apply with great benefit principles from the business world. No, business world is not the same as church world, but there are areas where they do overlap. There are principles in the business world that can be applied in the church world. Well, today, we have Bill Stone with us. Bill is a highly successful businessman who loves the Lord and loves the church. He's a very good friend of mine and a friend of this ministry. He's a longtime follower of Jesus. He made the decision to follow Jesus when he was, what, 14 years old, right, Bill? 14 years old, became a Christian. He's been a Christian for over 40 years. He loves the Lord. He loves the church. He's a longtime follower of Jesus. And did I also say that he was a successful businessman? <laughs> Let me tell you some of his credentials. He is a financial advisor for Edward Jones. He's been in this, in this firm for 23 plus years. He has $163 million of assets under management. He is a trainer, a mentor, a coach. He's on the region leadership team. He's in the top 10% of his firm. Uh, He's a very successful man. He offices in Longmont, Colorado. And today we have the privilege of hearing this successful businessman speak to church leaders. I've asked Bill to just think about some things that he would like to share with church leaders, some ideas, some suggestions, some recommendations, things he's learned in the business world in the last 25, 30 years that he thinks might apply and might benefit church leaders. So I know, I know that we're going to appreciate what he has to say to us. So here is my interview with Bill Stone. Hello, Bill, and welcome to the Effective Church Leaders Podcast. I'm so glad you're with us today. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you, and thanks for asking me to be a part of this. I appreciate it, Kerry. Oh, it is my pleasure. It is our pleasure. I'm so excited about this interview and about things that you can say to church leaders that really might help them to help the church be healthy and help the church to grow. You know, we understand that God is responsible for the growth of the church, but I really do believe, as I think you do too, that church leaders have a lot of say in that. There are things they can do to help the church thrive. Uh, If you don't mind, let me begin by asking this question and just acknowledging at the front that there are probably people in the church who think, well, since the church is not a business, then why should we listen to business principles? Why should we acknowledge that there might be some things that business can teach the church? Would you address that objection that some people may have? Absolutely, Carrie, and I'm glad you you asked that because that's... um excuse me, that's probably a common thought is that uh, people don't want to, they don't want to quote unquote confuse business with church, right? With being a part of a church family. But what we have to recognize is that uh, we're not, the church isn't a business for profit, but the church is in the business of working with people. Mm. And when you work with people, we need to understand that, that, that uh, people's behavior is, is what we're trying to, to um, work with and around in order to get to an objective. Mm. So as church leaders, we need to ask the question, what's our objective? Well, our objective objective is to be with God. 
right? Yes, yes, so, yes. So we, so what are we um, doing, teaching, preaching? How are we acting, behaving that will get us on that path? Good. And as a leader, we need to be concerned about that. I love the distinction that you just made, that we're not in the business of making a profit, but we are in the business of helping people. Yes, sir. And so because of that, maybe there are some principles in the business world that can apply to church world. Oh, absolutely. Good. Right? And it's just taking those principles that we've learned in the business world and then applying them in the church. Good. Well, let's start, let's take off on a different uh, tangent here. Uh, I've heard you in previous conversations talk about the need for vision, that you believe that leaders need to have a vision. Uh, could you explain to us what you mean by that and how that might apply to church leaders? Absolutely. The, the, the vision is um, that long-term, in, you know, looking out in the distance, where, what's the objective? What are we trying to do? What are we trying to accomplish? And the vision is then putting that in front of the team, whether that's the, the whole church or in front of the church leadership, and saying, what is our vision? And being clear about that, because once you have a clear vision, people's minds can start working on how to get there. Yes. But we have to be clear on the vision. Well, let's, let, let me simplify it even more f- for us, and maybe it's just my mind here. <laughs> Why would you say that having a vision is important in the first place? Oh, that's a great question. So if we're not clear on the vision, then um, people will, who are not clear on the, on the overall objective then can be easily sidetracked on other unimportant things, uh, which, which – um, could be any number of things, whether it's sin or not sin, right? But because even if it's not sin, somebody could be sidetracked in the church on a task mm-hmm. that's not that's not helping us get to the objective. Okay, right? So we we can get caught up in task driven uh, mentality instead of being what's the old, what are we trying to accomplish? So without a goal or without an objective, we can easily be distracted and go in different directions that don't help us. Correct. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, because. Leaders need to understand that uh, people's brains are wired. They want to follow. They want to see good results. And if and if they see and if they're in a position, put in a position where they can they can do that, where their brains can work, then good results will follow. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Well, you want to elaborate on that for us a little bit? How that how sure. the brain works? <laughs> sure. I mean, if if it's just that the fact that that uh, God is has made us uh, to be, he wants us to be with him in heaven, to yes. be a citizen of his right and to be a, an heir, a child. I mean, we use all these different words to describe our relationship that God wants to have with us. So he's, he's uh, built our brains. He's wired us to, to be that, you know, and to have a servant attitude. He also created us to be independent thinkers, right? Yes. Both, and that's both good and bad. So, you know, the, the, the good part is is that he wants people who who willingly want to be with him and love him. Mm-hmm. So church so leaders people, need to make those goals clear to the church is yes. what you're saying. All right. Absolutely. All right. That's right. Okay. Well, you, you're you kind of wandering into the realm of expectations here. Let's talk about expectations. Uh, what yes. What kind of expectations do business leaders have you know uh, uh, many of us including yours truly we're not business leaders 
Uh, what kind of expectations do business leaders have, and what kind of expectations do you believe church leaders should demonstrate as a result? Yep, great question. The The thing that I think we need to step back and look at is that what what are some commonalities that great leaders have? Good. And so if they're in business, great business leaders are very good at being clear and concise about the goal and then giving the their team, their employees, if you want to call them employees or church members, whoever, being clear about giving them direction and then allowing their brains to work to overcome the problems to get there. Okay. So it's not, it's not micromanaging. Uh, great leaders lead. And 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 good employees uh, follow. Good. Does that make sense? Yes. Right? So they're leading. They're not driving. In other words, uh, leaders are lead out in front. And I always and that this is where I like to compare. You know, Jesus as a shepherd leading the sheep. Right. So he's he's leading. They're following his voice. And so great leaders are very very good at being concise and being very clear about what the objective is, and then. And then allowing the people to work, and then he's there to help for people that are asking for help. But being there to say, here's what we can do, but they're also very clear about what not to do. Yes. Right? So, so being, being, being um, clear about, you know, these are, this is not going to be helpful, so we're not going to do that, whatever that may be. Well, let me so, ask you this. I can see sure. in the business world where an employer would have certain expectations of employees. After all, they pay them to do a certain job. But in the church, uh, we're all volunteers. Uh, I suppose yep. you think it is fair, even in the church, for leaders to have expectations of those that follow? Yes, absolutely. Well, ask this question, does God have expectations of his believers? Oh, good. Does, does God have expectations of those he loves? Absolutely. And I would argue. Absolutely, he does. Right. So, if God, if we know God has expectations of us, why wouldn't it be that uh, the church leadership could have expectations of the church members? Hmm. And you know, as long as it all falls in line with God's um, uh, plan, that's right. You know, it's when we get in trouble if we get sidelined or or, or we have church leadership that um, doesn't fall in line with God's plan. You can also have him. You know employees slash members, um, uh, whether it's in the business world or in the church, who have bad attitudes, who don't want to follow, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. that, that's where church leadership has to step up to address that, right? That's why they're there, right? But the leaders are there to set expectations. And so are we trying to uh, please God and do it in a, in a, uh, a meaningful, understanding way that God's outlined, and do we realize we're all trying to get to heaven? Good. I mean, that's, that's, God has those expectations. Good. I'll be back with my interview with Bill Stone in just a moment. You know, I want to talk to you about something Becky mentioned recently in a podcast, and that is we need your help to spread the word about this podcast. Several of you have let us know that you appreciate the information, the content that we're trying to distribute in these podcast episodes. We're grateful for all of your kind and gracious comments, but we're wondering if you would in fact help us to spread the word about this podcast. We'd like for more and more church leaders all across this country and in foreign countries to know about this podcast and the content that they may find 
helpful. I was talking to Bill Stone recently about this very podcast. He said, as far as I can see, you have two challenges. The first challenge is to get the word out about this podcast and what it offers. And then the second challenge will be to keep from being overwhelmed because he said, you're going to get all kinds of church leaders who want to consult with you and to ask for your advice. Well, I'm asking now for your help to get us, uh, to get the word out that, uh, this is a resource that people can use that might benefit the church. So if you could help us be our goodwill ambassadors, if you found, if you have found these podcasts to be helpful, please uh, communicate that to a friend of yours so that they might start listening too. They can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever they listen to podcasts, you'll find us there. The Effective Church Leaders Podcast, and thank you for helping us to get the word out. Let me summarize so far and see if I'm on the right track here. So you, you feel like leaders in the church ought to have a vision for where the church wants to go, where they want to take the church. And you also feel that that vision should be clearly communicated to the church. But also you feel it's okay for church leaders to have expectations of their members. Now, does that sound like a fair summary of what you've said? Yes, it is. That's okay. right. Because this is a, this, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this phrase right out of a book. Uh, written by uh, Dr. Henry Cloud called Boundaries for Leaders. And he says that um, leaders will get, they will always get what they create and what they allow. Mm. Boy, I like that statement. I right, want, so I want you to that. elaborate on that. Give us, give us an explanation. Right. Well, if you, if you are the leader of an organization, let's say a company, and the company's not performing well, and it's, and it's been that way for a while, the leader needs to step back and look and reflect on that and say, what am I uh, not creating to allow my, my, the employees of the business to, to excel at this? Or what am I allowing that's detrimental to the company, mm-hmm. to the business? Well, as a church leader, you can ask, okay, if the church is not, if, if, if it doesn't seem to be, um, and, I, and I can't think of a better word here, Carrie, than perform, if it's not performing, the way the leadership would like to see it performing, then it's either they haven't created the scenario, the situation to allow it, or they're allowing something that's inhibiting growth, that's inhibiting the the growth of the individuals. You know, because growth doesn't mean numbers necessarily, but just the, the growth of the current members. Right. You know, are they are they growing spiritually? Right. So so if they're not, then the leadership is either not creating an environment where they can grow or they're allowing something in the environment that is inhibiting the members from growing. Well, I think we both would agree that God is the one who is responsible for growth, but let me say, you sound to me like you're putting a lot of responsibility on those leaders. True, there is, right? There's a lot of responsibilities on the leaders, and there's responsibilities on the, uh, like in the business world, there's a lot of responsibility on the employee. Yes. Right? Because... Now you've you've hired them to perform a a, a service or a, a function uh, to perform a certain job duty, and now you've you've as long as you give them the training and the tools and the, and they and you think they have the skill to do it, now it's up to them to perform. Mm-hmm. As a leader, it's up it's my job to recognize when they are not performing 
up to the standard and to address it. Yes. Do they need more training? Do they do they need better tools? Do they uh, are they not utilizing their skills to the best of their ability? Right. And so I need to address that. Right. And because the expectation is you're going to perform it at this X level. And if you're at Y, that's not going to work. Mm-hmm. And right. And so as a and so as a as a member of the church. Right. Are we expected to grow during our walk? You know, on as while we're Christians, I've been a Christian for 40 years. Right. And so my maturity and my in my walk with Christ is much greater now than it was 40 years ago. Mm-hmm. Good. And, and right, and rightly so. Right. So I have studied, I've studied with people. I've, I've, um, tried to be a good student of the word. Right. And I think we have to be a lifelong student of the word in order to meet, um, you know, God expects us to grow and to, to grow closer to him. And so we have to commit to being a good student of the word. Yes, but that's our responsibility. What I hear, I think, is is unique, Bill. What I hear in your in your words is that you are putting a lot of responsibility for that spiritual growth on the shoulders of God's leaders. I don't think that's a message that we hear a lot. Uh, no, it's not. It's not. I mean, I think it's a good message, and and I think it may take business leaders like you to convince us of the truth of that message. Although we could turn to scripture after scripture that brings that point out, but I like I like the fact that you are saying that uh, the health of the church, the growth of the church, the spiritual growth of, of individuals is due in large part to the leaders of that body. That's that is really an, a unique and a very powerful statement. Yes, and I and I believe that because the the if a if a body you know if a certain church body seems to be. Um, and, and I can't think of a better word, carry than stagnant. Mm-hmm. If, if, you know, if that's representative, um, it's because the leaders are allowing, um, they're not creating a scenario where people can grow spiritually, or they're allowing stagnation to uh, remain because they're not they're not um, being the leaders that they need to be. Right. So, so if if we have stagnation, then we need to change the environment of that church we need to um bring you know talk about how we're we're talking or are we are we telling people they need to grow yes they may not they may not know that it may be as simple as that yes i mean it, yeah, but it's that clear and concise communication I really like that, Bill. I think you've issued a charge to every church leader in this country all across the world that we can do something to create the environment where people can grow by God's grace and strength. I like that. Yes, absolutely. Let's talk a little bit about results if you're ready to move on. Uh, sure, sure. Uh, you've, you've mentioned that term, and you've talked about how that the leaders are responsible to some degree for the results. Uh, what, what would you like to say to church leaders about results? Sure. So I think um, results... Um, we have to be careful how we define that because it's going to um, be different, right? Because if your definition of result is we're going to grow the number of people in a certain congregation, then um, the, and certainly, certainly having that as a as a, uh, a church goal to grow is bringing others to Christ. That's that's awesome. I think that you know that's certainly 
um, um, a that is a and I want to say symptom. That's not the right word. That is a result mm-hmm. of activity, mm-hmm. right? Of people growing themselves and then communicating that to other people. Yes. So if they're not growing themselves, then what's going to happen is that the they're the, the, the they're not going to be influential on others to grow or even become a Christian. Good. And so it's it's very much about what are what are we doing to to walk closer to God? What are we doing to grow in our spirituality? And are we are we focused on that? And is the church leadership creating an environment where that's encouraged? Good. Well, I don't know that there are a lot of churches that focus on results. And again, as you said, we're not just talking about numbers here. We're talking about spiritual right. growth and growing closer to God. I don't right. know that there are a lot of church leaders or churches that really focus on results. What would you say to those people who are hesitant to do so? Right, and so I would I would just say then, you know, then if we're not if we're not encouraging uh, personal growth, what what is that allowing? So as a church leader, you are creating the environment, or you're allowing it. Mm-hmm. And so and so, if you're not creating a, an environment where people are encouraged to grow and to continue to focus on God and walk close to Him, then you're allowing an environment where the opposite's true. Yes. Okay. Uh- and so if then then we have then we have um, you know, a poor situation, I think is the best way to put it. I mean, because we we're allowing people then to, um, stagnate or even fall away because they're not being, because the brains are wired. They want to see results. Our brains are wired to, to, uh, grow and to move and to, and to see results. And if we don't see it in a certain part of our lives, we will gravitate to someplace else. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I appreciate that. I think you're exactly right. And, and you know, we've said this before, is that people want to be part of a movement of God. They really, yes. they, want to be, they want to be part of a, of a movement that is making progress. Maybe we're wired that way is what you're saying. Yes, yes. Okay. Yep. I think God made us that way, right? And so, but he, but he made us, um, you know, to have free choice. Yes. Right? So he didn't, he, didn't, he didn't create robots. He created um, living, breathing beings that uh, that because he wants people who he wants people in heaven with him who want to be with him. Yes, <laughs> right. He doesn't want reluctant inhabitants in heaven. Right. That's, that's, <laughs> that's true. Right. He wants people that love him and want to be there. Right. And that's who will be there. Right. That's who will be there. Right. And so the the people who are reluctant to grow closer to God and the people who and then of course the the obvious is people who hate God or don't believe in God won't be there either. Sure. So, um and 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 I think scripture is very clear about that. And so um I think that as church leaders we need to be very um clear about that, you know, God wants us to be with him. He loves every one of us, right? But he has expectations. Yes. And those and you know the expectations um, of God is that we a believe in Him, b that we love Him, and c that we obey Him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Because it, Scripture has all kinds of examples of people uh, people who don't believe in Him are not His. People who don't love Him are not His. 
and people who don't obey him are not his. Mm-hmm. Um, that you know, that's the relationship that he's described in in the Bible, and and so as Christians, are we are we um, are we actively moving forward in our to grow our belief and our love and our obedience? Yes. Are we moving forward in that? And and you feel it's the responsibility of church leaders to help us to move forward. Uh, that's to me, is the key yeah. element here. That's interesting. I'll be back next week with part two of my interview with Bill Stone. Needless to say, I'm so grateful to Bill for giving us the time and for sharing his expertise and his insights with those of us who are trying to help the church. So thank you, Bill, for your time. And listeners, please come back next week and hear the wrap-up of this interview. I want to thank you all for joining us today. We will be back next week with another episode of the Effective Church Leaders Podcast, where we offer practical advice and insights to help you get better equipped, lead more effectively, and help your church thrive.